Hi there, Gary Rogowski for Splinters. Welcome back. I'm going to start this week's chat on creativity off with a little story. You know, we tend to think of creativity in certain areas of concern. So poets are creative, composers are creative. We get a lot. We give a lot of credence to our performers, our actors. We ask them their opinions on things as if they were also economists or historians because we think so highly of their creative habits. But in truth, we are all creative. It is simply a question of how we use that storehouse of creativity, how we access it, how we practice with it, as to how easy it is to get some run with it, to get some have some playtime with it. Albert Einstein once was quoted as saying, creativity is the residue of time wasted. That doodling time, that staring off into space time. The walks with the dog, that yields no absolute answers. And yet things seem to sift through our consciousness with this activity. Creativity is an interesting and elusive goal. We want to grab it. We want to open its mouth and empty it. Give me creativity. I want it now. And it is never so simple. It is It is like trying to remember someone's name and, and that name has just run across the back of your mind. You've seen it. Oh, you saw the last two letters, E-N or whatever. And you just can't quite get it. And the more you struggle for it, the more you try for it, the harder it becomes, the more elusive it, it becomes. And what works for me is to forget about it. And then the answer will pop into my head sometime down the road. It'll just appear, unbidden, the answer. Who, who wrote that song? I have no idea. I know it, but I can't remember. And five, ten minutes later, it'll just pop into my head. I think creativity is like that when we're after it, when we're pursuing it like a, <sighs> like a lover. It's so elusive, it's, it won't stay still for us. So we need to adopt a strategy, I think, for how to, how to work with our creativity. I think it's an important aspect. A couple years ago, I wrote my book. It took several years to write. But the book was called Handmade, Creative Focus in the Age of Distraction. And in it, I address some of these notions I have about creativity I know that when I sit down to start designing work, the first 20 minutes or so of a sketching session can be quite painful. Uh, I feel inept at loose ends. I'm trying to find some thread to hang on to, and it's, it's a very difficult chore for me at first. And then after 20 minutes or so, I find that I have become adept uh, I have learned how to draw again. I have ideas. Things are starting to un- unfold for me. They're starting to build one idea upon another. And this kind of interesting process, I think, everyone has to find for themselves and figure out what works. I know that in years past, I would I would try to do something very mundane before I sat down to start my sketching. To wash the dishes, go for a walk, uh, just to put myself in a different headspace, a different way of thinking, because 
at first blush, our creative ideas come, you know, in sort of a wheelbarrow dumped out. They're just, they're everywhere. They're scattered. They're, there's no order to them. Later on, we, we put them in order. But for now, we, we just spit them out. I just read this interview with one of the writers for The Simpsons for, for many years, and he was talking about how his process is to write his first draft as quickly as possible, to write the story out as quickly as possible, because that's the hardest part for him. And it will suck, <laughs> and he admits it, but now he can fix it. If he just spits out the idea, gets it down on, on the page, then he has a chance to start making it into something. And that's what this process is for me as well. It's a difficult first half hour of time spent wondering why I'm wasting my time, why I'm bothering, I really can't design. Boy, look at that sketch. That's terrible too. And this is my left brain complaining to my right brain. The right brain is, is trying to get ready for the slip and slide and say, oh, let's go have some fun. So let's play around with some ideas. And the left side is complaining. The logical side is complaining, saying, no, we have to do this, and then we have to do this. And Be serious now. Think about how much effort that's going to take. Creativity doesn't care about that. Creativity is just, let's go. Let's go have some fun. I met a guy once, Randy O'Donnell. Randy, if you're out there, I'd, I'd love to chat with you again. He's a great guy. Uh, owned a sawmill and a pattern shop or mill workshop in Indiana somewhere. And uh, every time I'd see him at this one conference, he'd say, Gary, let's go have some fun. And I thought, well, that's a heck of, a, heck of an attitude. Um, and that's what creativity does. It shows up and says, hey, let's go have some fun. Let's go try some, let's try some crazy ideas. These don't make any sense. Let's try those. That's what creativity is like. Now, I am not suggesting that there isn't hard work after the fact, that there isn't much effort required to hone your ideas, to make them right, to have them enter at the right time and leave the stage at the proper time. I'm not suggesting at all that it's easy work. And I think much of it is left brain work. But the idea, the generation of ideas, is very much playtime. And playtime is an important aspect. And as woodworkers, I'm just speaking to you woodworkers out there, you are incredibly left-brained. <laughs> I'm one of you. I'm marching in, in lockstep with you. And we are incredibly left-brained. Oh, i got to do this and then and this. And what are the jobs? And i got to get this done and then this done. And then, you know, that's how we are. I'll tell you, this is, this is uh, part of my speech uh, when I would go on the book tour. About, wood, about woodworkers. This is, this is my description of a typical woodworker. You love tools. That's why you got into woodworking in the first place. You love tools. You love to put your hands on tools. It makes you feel good to have a well-made tool in your hands. It, it gives you a sense of potential, perhaps power, to know that you can take this tool and make things with it. It's an amazing thing. Being that conduit between the tool and the finished product is, a, is an exciting place for us. We love tools. That's why we got hooked on this woodworking stuff. We have a lot of tools. We also love wood. We love wood. I am trying to clean my shop up now. I have boxes and boxes and boxes of, oh, this is a special piece. Oh, this, oh, I'm saving this. 
for something really special. And then when the time comes, I go, no, I'm saving it. I can't use it. I'm still saving it for something special. I have so many boxes and piles and crates of wood. So we love wood. Everyone loves wood. Who doesn't love wood? I'd get someone to come in my booth back when I was doing craft shows, and they would say to me, I love wood. Okay. (laughs) No one walks in and says, I love aluminum, the feel of it. No, wood, it's warm. It's elemental. I think it's as elemental as water. I really do. We we learn to to think by using tools and our tools were fashioned with wood or out of wood or um anyway, we we love wood. We also love to problem solve. Problem solving is fun. I don't want your answer. No, don't don't tell me. Don't tell me how you do it. I want to figure it out. I want to figure out my own way. And why not? It's a great feeling to come up with a solution to a problem. Here's a problem. I have to move this gigantic lathe. It's too big for my pallet jack. I can't get it on a pallet. What am I going to do? I'm going to put my pry bar underneath it, lift it up an inch, an inch and a sixteenth, and stick a one-inch piece of pipe underneath it on one side and on the other side, and I can roll it across the shop floor. Oh, great. I did not reinvent the wheel. I'm just merely copying what the Egyptians did 4,000 years ago. But it's, it's great to do that kind of problem solving. We love complexity. We love wearing a lot of hats. We love being this, the, the designer, and then the lumber picker, and then the millwright, and then we're doing the joinery, and then we're doing the assembly. We love this. Oh, I have to do the finish. I have to call the customer up. We love wearing all these hats. Used to be, you know, three, four centuries ago, you joined a guild, you were the joiner, you were the carver, you were the finisher. You weren't all of those things. Now we take on all these tasks, and we love it. One thing I know about woodworkers to be true is that we need to have control in our world. We need control. Tools, our tools at the bench, give us a sense of control that is completely lacking out in the in the real world. I mean, pr- particularly now with the pandemic, with politics gone amok, Everyone just choosing sides and hunkering down. It's an insane place to be. And so I can retreat to my bench where the world makes sense. I know where my tools are. I know where everything is. There's a sense of place and purpose. This is important to us. This is truly important to us. We need to have this control as well. And finally, I think one of the more important aspects that draw us to this woodworking is the need to talk to ourselves, the need to hash things out, out loud. In my case, perhaps to chide me for my stupidity over and over again. But that conversation is, is perhaps the most important conversation of the day, that one we have with ourselves and as we try to figure things out and look at our tools and talk about the wood and the problems we're solving, the complexities we face. We love to have that conversation with ourselves. Now, I have just described someone you wouldn't sit next to on the bus. They love tools and wood. They're problem solvers, wear a lot of hats, love the process and complexity, and they talk to themselves. You wouldn't sit next to this person. That's okay. (laughs) We woodworkers like it this way. We who love our tools and wood and complexity and all that stuff. We like the extra space. It's fine. There's conversation we can have with ourselves. 
In truth, this engagement, this love of tools and process draws us to the bench and the fact that we get anything built at all is a gift, <laughs> an amazing gift. To finally finish a piece is, is so satisfying and, and then the money thing has to enter into it and that's a pain in the butt. I wish we could just give it all away. I really do. Just give me a stipend. Let me build this stuff. Give it away. We should adopt the Japanese method of honoring our craftspeople and dying crafts. I'm sorry, I'm going to rant for a while. You can take your... <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm giving you a, a podcast. You can take your technology. Get off my lawn. Get off my technology lawn. I know. we got to negotiate this stuff. Figure out a way to survive in a world of... Oh, an insane world. 13-year-old girls deciding what's important because of TikTok. And, uh, and okay. That's okay, and that's fine, but there are other things that should stay valued. And so I continue this work. I will continue it for as long as I can, trying to teach people about the value of working with their hands. I think it has real importance. I think it helps our creativity. I think it helps our center. I think it helps us survive in the world. Those people who do not have this opportunity are missing something. I really believe that. I used to teach high school students in our nonprofit, and and some were clearly headed to college in several degrees, bright kids, and some others were equally bright, but with their hands and not their, their brains so much. But both needed that time. Both needed to spend time at the bench, working with tools, dealing with failure, coming up with solutions. I've told you this. I've told you this, the story of this. He was the chief of surgery at the teaching university here, here in town. He came to me, and he had just started taking classes with us, and he said, I, I never knew how much surgery and woodworking were alike. And I had to say, well, neither did I. And his point was simply that you get into spots in surgery, in woodworking, where you have to figure a way out. Now, the clock is ticking if you're a surgeon, not so much for us woodworkers, although a clock is ticking. There's no doubt of that. But what can we do to get ourselves out of this spot? Let's be creative. And every plumber who's stuck in a spot trying to get a nut loose has to be creative, just like an opera singer. <laughs> I offer to you this idea, this notion that we are all creative. We need to access it. I think the best way is to to be active, work with our hands, see where it takes us, see where our minds land. Shut off the left brain for a little period of time when you want to be creative and see where your mind takes you. Let it go. The time will come for tuning and hard work and editing. But for now, just let it go. See where it runs. Thank you so much for listening. I am Gary Rogowski. I run the Northwest Woodworking Studio. We are finishing up our spring classes and doing some build-along sessions, making a coffee table, and we have our online mastery program. The future, it is the future. If you like what you hear, please support me on Coffee, ko-fi.com. Follow us on your favorite podcast service, Apple, Spotify, whatever. Let folks know about us. If Say something if you appreciate this. 
Put it out in the world. That's how things happen these days. Thank you. Stay safe. Feel free to (laughs) run for the slip and slide. Have some fun. Go do something creative. It's good for you. Adios. Thank you.